0: Mitu Netter Volume 1 The Great Oracle of Tahuti and the Egyptian System of Spiritual Cultivation Chapter 1 Introduction The hemif- The Hemispheres of the Brain Starting on page 9 During the last 40 years or so the Western scientific community has come to realize that the human brain is composed of two parts with diametrically opposed yet complementary functions. They are known as the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. To understand this subject, we must realize that underlying all mental activities are two separate sets of functions— one in charge of relating us to the variety of things in our environment to each other and to the whole, and the other function is in charge of separating us and the variety of things in our environment from each other. The latter function, which corresponds to the left hemisphere of the brain, enables us for the verb, for example, to distinguish between the sounds made in speaking and verbal thinking, that we will be able to speak and think verbally. The language function of the right hemisphere enables us to unify the words we perceive into phrases, these into sentences, and so on into larger units that we'll be able to comprehend that has been spoken or thought. The acts of speaking and verbal thinking processes that occur. The acts of speaking and verbal thinking are processes that occur in series of steps one at a time the understanding of what is thought and said is a process that occurs in one step since the acts of speaking and verbal thinking are processes that occur at separate points in time they are therefore carried out by the left hemisphere which is in charge of all processes of segregation and differentiation Conversely, the act of extracting the significance from a series of related units, which is carried out in one step, is under the jurisdiction of the right hemisphere, which is in charge of all functions of unification and integration. In summary, let's note that the left hemisphere of the brain is in charge of noting the differences between things. Separating wholes into parts and enabling us to deal with all the sequential phenomena. This mode of thinking is popularly known as the analytical, Cartesian, serial, linear, deductive, segregative, etc. The right side is in charge of noting the similarities between things. And their relation to each other in the whole, thus unifying them. This mode of thinking is generally known as synthetical, holistic, congregative, etc. We must also note that the left side of the brain is extroverted and is therefore the means for the outer culture noted above. The right side is introverted and is the means for the inner culture. Although both functions are complementary, this is their equal in imp- this that is their equal inputs are needed for every mental activity to be complete. Most people have a predominance of one over the other. We all know too well of people who can generate a profusion of words yet make little sense or go off on tangents, etc. On the other hand, We know of people who are not very expressive verbally, in fact, are poor communicators, yet are profound. Critical to this book is the fact that these hemispheric differences are not randomly distributed through society. Men, in general, are more left-sided than women, and so are the members of the white race in comparison to non-whites we will come to learn that the hemispheric differences are one of the main shaping forces of cultural differences and the historical events that such differences have engendered. In fact, without this concept, there can be no science of history or psychology or anthropology or misunderstanding of religion. The differences in thought patterns between the white and black races are well known. To prove the point, I will quote from the well-established scholars writing about the Bantus of South Africa, placid temples at the turn of the century states in his Bantu philosophy, that this European concept of separate beings of substance, which finds themselves side by side entirely independent one of another, is foreign to Bantu thought. Bantu hold that created beings preserve a bond with one another, an intimate ontological relationship, bond relationship compared with the casual tie which binds creature and creator, just as Bantu ontology is opposed to the European concept of individuated things existing in themselves, isolated from others. So Bantu psychology cannot conceive of man as an individual, as a force existing by itself, in part from its ontological relationships with other living beings and from its connection with animals or intimate forces around it. Here's, janez john writing about the same people states in mantu when we say that the traditional african view of the world is one of extraordinary harmony then except for the word african every single word in the sentence is both right and wrong for in the first place the traditional world view is still alive today Secondly, it is a question not of the world view in the European sense since things that are contemplated, experienced and lived are not separate in it. Thirdly, it can be called extraordinary only in the European sense, while for the African it is entirely commonplace and fourth, the expression harmony is entirely inadequate since it does not indicate what parts are being harmonized in what whole. And if we say everything is harmonized, that tells us less than ever. John then quotes Adebo Adesena, a Yoruba writer. Yoruba writer. This is not simply a coherence of fact and faith, nor of reason and traditional beliefs, nor of reason and congenient facts, contingent facts but a coherence of compatibility among all disciplines. A medical theory, ergo, which is contradicted, which contradicted a theological conclusion was rejected as absurd and vice versa. This demand of mutual compatibility among all disciplines considered as a system was the main weapon of Yoruba thinking. God might be banished from Greek thought without any harm being done to the logical architecture of it, but it cannot be done in the case of Yoruba. Yoruba. In medieval thought, science could be dismissed at pleasure, but, it is, but this is impossible in the case of Yoruba thought, since faith and reason are mutually dependent. In modern times, God even has no place in scientific thinking. This was impossible for the Yoruba. These observations extend to all contemporary Africans as well as ancient. A. A. Barb, writing in The Legacy of Egypt, states the following. Certainly scholars have since provided dictionaries and grammars of the ancient Egyptian language, but that is not enough to grasp the Egyptian way of thinking so utterly different from our Western logical mind. There is first all what has been called to the multiplicity of approaches. Statements, which to us would seem absolutely contradictory, appear side by side and did not in the least disturb the Egyptian. On the contrary, our own logical abstractions would probably have appeared to the Egyptian mind as an impoverishment and falsification of the fullness of significant truth. All this would lead, as a modern scholar has put it, put to it, to the impossibility of translating Egyptian thoughts into modern language. For the distinctions we cannot avoid making, uh, we cannot avoid making did not exist for the Egyptians. In speaking of the Greeks and Romans regarding their ability to comprehend Egyptian beliefs. Wallace Budge in The Gods of the Egyptians, Volume 1, states, The evidence on the subject now available indicates that he was racially incapable of appreciating the importance of such beliefs to those who held them, and that although, as in the case of the Tomales, he has ready he was ready to tolerate and even, for state purposes, adopt them, it was impossible for him to absorb them into his life. It is important to note that these observations on the differences in thinking between whites and blacks were all made before the appearance of literature concerning the cerebral hemispheres. I would have piled up enough evidence on the subject to fill this book, but the foregoing should prove the point. The consensus on the differences between these two modes of thinking is that they each represent by and of themselves legitimate approaches, schools of thought, to knowing. On one hand, this belief must be rejected on the grounds that as the two are complementary to each other, they are incomplete by themselves. On the other hand, we will see, as history records, that the evils arising from the unbalanced expression of the left hemisphere far exceed in the destructiveness those of the right hemisphere. While the former is responsible primarily for man's inhumanity to man in all social disharmony, the latter is responsible for the stagnation in physical technology." The greatest problem arises from the fact that the greatest validators of our actions, i.e. religion and science, which are intrinsic products of right-sided cultures, are now used to predominantly left-sided cultures in the characteristic fashion of the left hemisphere. Although the left side is totally incapable of truly religious and scientific thinking, the grafting of this, of its processes onto these subjects has gone unnoticed due on on one hand to ignorance and on the other to the military supremacy acquired by Europeans in the last 2,000 years. The results have been that scientific and religious validation has been given to false doctrines, practices, and institutions that now control the cultures of the nations dominating the world and set the cultural trends for all others. It is important to see how this has come about. A brief definition of religion. An analysis of the world religion shows that it is to the right side of the brain what a glove is to the hand. The word is composed of the Latin prefix re, meaning again, back, plus legere, which means tie, bind, fasten, as well as the Indo-European root leg, meaning to collect from whence the Greek and the Latin legere, meaning logic and legal. From this, we can conclude that the coiners of the word religion applied it to those beliefs and practices aimed at tying people back to something which, which they had originally been one and belonged with by naturally, by natural connectivity." The original oneness is implied by the prefix re back again. And the natural connectivity is explicit in the root meaning law and logic. Right at the outset, we can see that in the meaning of the word itself, according to its components, religion was not thought to be opposed to reason and logics, which are the foundations of science and philosophy. More on this later. We have seen that the predominant function of the right side of the brain is a unifying or collecting or synthesizing one. Religion, therefore, nothing more than one of its organized expressions. It concerns with realities existing beyond the visible is the further proof of its intrinsic relationship to the right hemisphere. We can thus conclude that all efforts by left-sided cultures that are aimed at creating religious doctrines and practices must produce results off the expected mark. Western religions are good examples. We will see... The Hebraic and Christian religions are hybrids resulting from the juxtaposition of a left hemispheric thought process upon religious doctrines created by right or balanced hemispheric cultures. The same can be said for Hinduism and Islam, although they have maintained a greater fullness to the fundamental culture upon which they were based. During the first 2,000 years of history, the only nations that attained to a high degree of civilization were Kemet, Summer, Babylon, Canaan, Harpara, Harappa Valley, and Kush. Although it is well known to all serious historians that all these nations were Black, To this day, much effort is being made to hide the fact from the general population. With some of it is due to racism. With others, it is due to feelings of shame over the fact that throughout the first 4,000 years of history, it is well known that the Western people had attained to very little cultural development, as well as the fact that they are indebted to the above black nations for the foundation of their scientific for the foundation of their scientific, religious, and philosophical accomplishments. They repaid these nations by utterly destroying their civilizations and enslaving their descendants. And with others, it is because they took the traditions of these black nations, added a few touches here and there to make it more in keeping with some of their social values and then claimed that the final product was a revelation from God to them. And now, for your dictionary definitions. Definitions, first word. Cartesian. Cartesian, of or relating to. Descartes. Descartes. His mathematical methods or his philosophy, especially with regard to its emphasis on logical analysis and its mechani- mechanistic interpretation of physical nature. Cartesian. Cartesian. Engender. Engender to produce cause, or give rise to. Engender. Ontology. Ontology, the branch of metaphysics that studies the nature of existence or being as such. Yoruba. Yoruba, a member of a numerous West African coastal people. The language for the Yoruba, a Kawa language. Yoruba. Ptolemy. Ptolemy. Any of the kings of the Macedonian dynasty that ruled Egypt? Ptolemy. This concludes the reading of chapter one, the hemispheres of the brain and a brief definition of religion through page 14.